This is the Narrative Shift Podcast, where we talk about faith, justice, race, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Terrence Lester. And I'm Johnny Taylor. And uh, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Narrative Shift. This is episode 12, and actually the last episode of this season. Uh, It's been a great season so far, but today we're going to conclude... Going over Terrence Lester's new book, I See You, with the last bit of it, uh, which is actually the conclusion of the book. It's um, talking about how each one matters. Yeah, man. Wow. Last episode. Yep. Last one of the year. Of the year. Of the year. <laughs> of uh, 2019. <laughs> Not period, but yeah. of the year. Man, um, it's been a fun season. It has. Yeah. Any Any parts in this season that stick out to you? Let's see. I know for me, I want to jump right in, but I, I love covering the uh, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, that was one I was going to mention. Was uh, it was really fun diving into uh, how each one of those different levels on the hierarchy can affect us, like not only like when it comes to terms of like spiritual, I mean, uh, like physical poverty, but also like. Uh, emotional poverty and um, mm. poverty, like uh, relational poverty, and even spiritual poverty. Yeah, yeah, man. That that uh, pyramid, uh, which is the diagram of what the hierarchy of needs looks like, it just, I mean, it lays it out really basic and plain. Um, starting down with the uh, physiological needs of air, water, food, and shelter, and sleep, and it just breaks it down about how people who may be living on the streets or experiencing some level of poverty need to have those basic needs met. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love the fact that it reminds us that we can't skip steps. Um, Right. Yeah. Because oftentimes people want to (laughs) uh, do as uh Brother Drake would say, uh, go from zero to 100 real quick, right? Right. <laughs> but you can't do that. Right. Uh, every individual needs to have those basic uh, needs taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I also liked the first episode, the um, when we were going over the introduction of your book, mm. uh, which was talking about searching for home. And we talked a little bit about why it's important to own your own st- uh, story. Mm. And the importance of narrative and controlling uh, who controls the narrative. And also, we talked a little bit about uh, the need for human belonging in that episode. Oh, yeah, that was real good. Do you remember any of the quotes that you mentioned? I know you had some, some pretty powerful uh, quotes there, man. Yeah, I've got a, a few brought up. Let's see here. I know you mentioned... Uh, Erin McManus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He had a quote and it goes, home is ultimately not about a place to live, but about the people with whom you are most fully alive. Home is about love, relationship, community, and belonging. And we are all searching for home. Mm. And that's like, I mean, that's what the introduction was titled, searching for home. That yeah. ties in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it, it is It is powerful, man, because I think many people in essence, are searching for a place where they have 
love, belonging, acceptance, and safety. And uh, social capital is so important. I know we talked a lot about how uh, the value of relationships uh, creates that home atmosphere. Uh, no matter where you go, it, it doesn't even, home is a place uh, that goes beyond just having a roof over your head. Home is a place where, uh, in the presence of people, uh, that's where you feel safe. Yeah, and like I said in that episode, um, I think home is somewhere where you where you actually belong. And mm. you know, when you're somewhere where you belong, you're not just like listened to, where um, you're actually listened for. Like people mm. are looking for your input and opinions, and uh, you're not just like tolerated, but you're you're invited. Yeah, um, yeah, and I love the fact too that. Um, we kind of spoke about this idea of uh, God desiring that for people, uh, especially those living on the margins because they were created uh, in God's image. Yeah. And how dare we look down on uh, anybody, uh, regardless of socioeconomic status, um, when they have the inherent worth and dignity that we all possess. Uh, because we were created uh, in God's image. Um, I loved uh, getting the chance to also talk about ignorance. I remember that uh, episode uh, where we got a chance to define what ignorance is and how uh, sometimes ignorance uh, can cause hurt and pain and um, also be like uh, a place where false information spreads. Mm-hmm. Uh, ignorance could also uh, create distance between people and kind of construct these negative perce- perceptions of others. Yeah. And that was a cool episode. Uh, I think because we got to share clips from uh, mm. people experiencing homelessness like Tyrus and Michael. Yeah. We actually, people got to listen to their inputs on uh, how the ignorance of others has like hurt them. Like as real people experiencing wow. homelessness, like, they got to share that. I thought that was really cool about that episode. Yeah, man. Um, and in case you didn't uh, hear uh, those clips, I would, you know, encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, go back. Weeks. What what episode was that? Episode uh, six? Yeah, I think. it was episode six. Episode six. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, maybe we may, hey, let's stick an insert here of a story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, We might do that. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we're going to leave a little pause right here Mm -hmm. uh, and just listen in. When I became homeless for the second time, I sort of kind of in the back of my mind expecting it because I put myself in rehab and got what I needed out of rehab. And I've done very well. Had a car, I got my license back, and I've got all my credentials. The girls that I got with, uh, her and I told each other we didn't want to fall in love. Hey, we can hang out together, whatever. Well, it ended up, we sat down together, and I stayed at her apartment. Well, she went to jail for some child support. I wasn't on her lease. They, they cuffed me up and put me out of her apartment so that's why I'm homeless now 
when I look at you and you look at me, I feel ashamed of myself because I sit here and I know I may not have had a bath in two days, so I feel like maybe I stink. Uh, I ain't changed my clothes in six days, so I know I stink. So I try to uh, avoid everyone else. I make a prayer every day, every day. When I start walking these parking lots and I pray to God that if someone drops some money, I pray to God if they're not gonna be able to find their money and pick it back up to take it for their own that they lost, please let me be the one that finds it because somebody's gonna find it. There's a water faucet back here that I would probably get locked up if I got found using it, but that's where I take a bath at. I need a job, man, I'll do anything. It don't matter, I'll scrub toilets, whatever. I will take any job you give me. So it ain't like I won't work. Uh, and it ain't like I'm just trying to get something from somebody. Put that on top of the It looks nice and pretty if you had a place to live. One of the first things is I don't have an address and I'm dirty. I stink. My hair's not washed. So when you go in to apply for a job, they're like, you know, this person looks trashed. And that's one of the biggest difficulties. I I'm tougher than any of these people that can go home and sit down on their couch and hit the remote and sit there and watch TV like this all night long. Go in there, get in, take a shower, and lay down in bed, sleep all night, and get up and still complain about having to go to work. You know what I do? I go over here, wash my head under a faucet, cook under a fire, if I've got something to cook, lay under a tree, and I'll get up and go to work, and I ain't gonna complain about it. I'm gonna say, thank God I've got a job because I'm gonna get me a paycheck, and I can go a little bit further. Cool, man. I think that story was uh, powerful, and I'm, I'm kind of glad we decided to share one. I agree. On this episode, um, because stories like that uh, give us context to basically what this entire uh, first season was about. It's about seeing people. It's about embracing people. It's about creating home and space for people. It was. It's also about building intentional relationships with people, which kind of brings us to uh, the conclusion of the book and why uh, each person matters. Every single person matters. Matters. Um, and I, I kind of want to go over uh, just a few questions uh, that we can answer. Um, the first one is this, man. Why does each person matter? Or why does each one matter? What'd you say, John? Man, well, first of all, like, as a person myself, like, as a human being, like, I feel like I matter. Mm. And I'm just one person. So right. if, if I feel that about myself, uh, why would I not extend that to somebody else? Right. Like, what what would make me special or stand out where I would matter, but somebody else wouldn't? Right. Which is, I mean, that's a great point. And I feel the same way. Um, I definitely feel like I matter. 
Um, sometimes that's not always reflected in society and culture uh, because we always have like negative imagery um, trying to uh, communicate that we don't or uh, that we're not as important. And so, you know, I try to work very hard to uh, care for self and uh, create a space where I remind myself that I am loved by God, that I'm God's beloved, um, that I have a community of people uh, that surrounds me, that cares for me, uh, that sees my worth and value. But man, I I think about the number of people uh, in life in this world, in different communities, uh, in different contexts, where they don't feel that way. Yeah. Man, I would almost wonder if the majority of the world does not feel like they don't matter. Mm. Like when we think about it, the uh, being able to recognize and like have even this subject pushed to the forefront of like of any conversation is almost a privilege Mm. because so many people don't even have the time to sit down and think about this. Mm. That's so true, man. I love the quote by uh, uh, Wes Moore. He's basically saying that uh, that you shouldn't allow uh, people to go through this life feeling like they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, this may be a, a section even that one of our listeners may uh, feel like they don't matter. Uh, I just want to encourage you to say that you do. Uh, remind that remind you that you do have worth and, and value. Um, as a matter of fact, John, I would even argue that majority of the purpose of life is not only to uh, receive love uh, by the divine, but it's also to love others. Um, we see that clearly uh, that we're supposed to love God. Uh, with everything, but also love our neighbors as ourselves. Um, And we talked a little bit about this earlier on in the season where, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to extend love towards other people because they haven't received it first. Um, Maybe they have received it, but it hasn't been a very positive uh, experience. Maybe it's been like uh, misconstrued. Um, And maybe you've been hurt. Uh, by people close to you. Um, and I think a lot of people are dealing with that. Uh, but I don't I don't think that's an excuse uh, to fight for, um, you know, self-care. I don't think that's an excuse to keep us from uh, seeing needs in other people around us, especially those who are overlooked, uh, who are invisible, and extending that, that love and, and grace towards uh, those people as well. Yeah, and you brought up that um, uh, that command that Jesus gave his followers that we're to love God, uh, you know, with all of our heart, mind, and strength, and then mm. love our neighbor as ourself. But it almost makes the assumption that you do love yourself and have value over yourself, mm. um, or else I don't think it would have used that comparison. Uh, so. I mean, in reality, like we have to love ourselves a little bit. We have to know that we matter in order to see that other people matter. Mm. It's kind of like it intersects. All of it intersects. Yeah, man. I love this quote, too, man. People matter. Um, And also, you should never believe the lie that makes you think that you don't. Yeah. 
Uh, it only takes one person to impact the world, and that could be you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this idea that, first of all, there's this general basis that everybody matters. Yep. Every single person on the face of this planet. If somebody is breathing, <laughs> they matter. Right. Um, there's no excuse about that. <laughs> and um, But it, then it shifts uh, to focus on, you know, saying that, uh, there are lies, uh, some that will be replayed because of what you've gone through, some that will be uh, spoken through negative imagery, some that uh, you may just adopt because of mistreatment from others. But you should not believe that lie because the moment you start believing that lie is the moment that you may become paralyzed and immobile um, and incapable of sharing the love uh, that this world so desperately needs. Yeah. And then it pushes you. It says that I know you may be one person, right? <laughs> but you could be so filled uh, with love and grace and kindness and respect and wanting to affirm the dignity of others that you could actually make a difference in the world of someone else. Mm. And I, I believe that's the process. Uh, not only are we longing to be seen, right? Yeah. Uh, and we must know that we've been seen by God, mm-hmm. but in turn, we we're we're empowered. You know, we must see other people. It's good. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, man. Next question, though, man. Yeah. Um. Why should each person matter to us? Because this is hard now. Mm-hmm. Uh. And the reason I say it's hard because, uh, I mean, there's a lot of hatred in the world. Yeah. I mean, let's just be real. There is. Mm-hmm. Um, people hate other people because of their status uh, economically. People hate people because of the color of their skin. Uh, people hate people because they don't believe uh, the same ways in which they believe. Uh, maybe... Uh, politically, maybe maybe even uh, in faith. Uh, And there is a lot of division and hatred, man. And so why do you think it's important to still have this heart and posture that every single person matters? It's a loaded question. Yeah, I mean, we kind of, we almost hit on it a little bit in that previous question. Like, if we Mm -hmm. believe all this stuff about the individual. Yeah. Um, we have to look beyond those external labels and say, no matter what, like this person matters to God, no matter if they are Muslim or gay or, Mm. um, if they're, if they've murdered people, Mm. um, if they just did something stupid, like cut someone off in traffic, they still matter to God. Mm. And therefore as believers in God, they have to matter to us as well. Mm. I mean, the Bible says, who can say that they hate their brother? Or, I mean, who can say that they uh, love God if they hate their brother in their heart? Mm. Um, that's that's kind of hard to escape. Yeah. That <laughs> you can stand before somebody and say, oh, I love God, but I can't stand him. Right. <laughs> I can't stand her. You know, um, I was uh, I was talking to somebody... A couple of days ago, I was at this 
gathering. Uh, we're in the month of December and people are starting to do festive things. Mm-hmm. And so I was at this party and uh, this couple uh, walked up to me and she was telling me the story about how uh, for like 10 years, her family would take their children uh, to serve at uh, kind of like a, a day shelter. And her kids started to form relationships with uh, individuals uh, living on the streets. And uh, I mean, they just had the the most beautiful time there. And she said one of her kids forged a relationship with this lady who was in a wheelchair. She had no legs or whatever. And from time to time, she would live on the streets. And she says one day her child goes to school and her child's school is taking this field trip. And her child uh, sees uh, this lady Hmm. on the streets. And uh, the child was trying to wave and talk (laughs) uh, to the person. And she said... (laughs) Um, the educator or the person that was there uh, said, you know, don't be talking to these poor, they're uh, poor people, they're dirty. And mm-hmm. I started saying all these obscene things and the child got mad, uh, ended up getting in trouble <laughs> for trying wow. to speak uh, to this lady that he had a relationship with. So uh, long story short, the parents go to the school and uh, this mother was telling me how she had to correct um this teacher, this educator, and also like some of the administration saying, how dare you, uh, you know, uh, put my child in a position where uh, they're in trouble because they're saying they know somebody and you're telling them that this person is dirty. Hmm. It literally broke the child's heart. And what the moral of the story is what she was saying is um, that her family was teaching their children to value people at an early age. Yeah. It's not about the exterior. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about the contents on the inside of the person. Yeah. And um, oftentimes we miss the sweetest moments in life uh, to forge meaningful relationships with people because we're too focused on the label. Mm, yeah. It's not about the packaging. Yeah. It's about the treasure that may be inside. Um. And that's one of the reasons, even John, like we decided to uh, put Dignity Museum inside of a shipping container. Because if on the outside, man, it forces people to say what's inside. (laughs) And you have to actually go inside to see the beautiful parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked about proximity so much on Mm -hmm. this podcast. But I mean, this brings it up again. Even with Dignity Museum, like you, uh, if you're this far away, like, you're going to, all you're going to see is a shipping container. You have to Mm. move into uh, proximity with it. You have to move in close. You have to go inside to see what it's really about. Mm. And it's the same with that story you just told with that little girl. Was it a little girl? Yeah, it was a little girl. girl. Yeah. I couldn't remember if you actually said that or not. I (laughs) I didn't say it, but making that up. Yeah. yeah. Um, But with the, this person going through homelessness, uh, she probably, would have believed her teacher if she had not have had that uh, proximity with this person earlier that informed her perspective. Mm. Yeah. You know, and perspective is everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to this girl, like the person in the wheelchair is her friend. Right. Uh, And, but the educator, it was a, it was a threat. It was a dirty person, a dirty person, quote unquote. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, perspective is everything, man. Uh, and I know we always talk about, you know, having that balance of, you know, seeing the value in a person versus seeing them uh, necessarily as a problem. Um, because who knows, you could become a problem to that person. Your fear yeah. could be hurtful to that person. Your mm-hmm. ignorance could be hurt, hurtful uh, to that person. Um, and every every person should matter. And I think they should um, because God created them. And I think uh, once we have that perspective shift or narrative shift, uh, right. no pun intended, um, that we can begin to see ways in which we can be an active uh, force of good in the world. Yeah. We, we need we need to be an active force, man. I th- yeah, I think so. Somebody has to. Somebody has to, man. So we move from that, but like once you become this active force, how do you inspire other people to get involved, to also, you know, take steps towards uh, being that active force. Yeah. I think people uh, tend to be a little bit inspired and more likely to move when they see somebody else moving. Mm. Uh, And I know it can be hard and scary to be that first person to, to, to make that move. Yeah. Yeah, To (laughs) take the leap of faith as they say. Yeah. Um, But you know, it is hard but it's necessary. And I think, I think the tipping point that pushes a person to actually start, you know, uh, taking that step or leap of faith and being the active, Mm -hmm. uh, force of good has to come with realizing, um, like how little time we, we have on this, on this earth. Um, realizing that a part of uh, our purpose for being here is to uh, have meaningful relationships and uh, build connections, but also to uh, radiate uh, this idea of love in the world. Um, I think that should be enough to spark a person. Yeah. You know, but so many people live day to day, man, on just like autopilot. Yeah not consciously aware that they have something to offer. Mm-hmm. And man, uh, scripture says that we should constantly be considering how we can spur one another on mm. to love and good deeds. And I think it's interesting that it uh, says consider like this might be something we actually have to sit down and think about mm. how we can push other people forward to, you know, do like you said, I mean, push them forward to see the importance of other people and to act on, on that new perspective. Mm. What do you mean by that? Oh man. Why, why, why should, when, when you, when you say spur one another on, what do you think? What do you think Paul is communicating there? Well, I don't know if you've ever ridden a horse. Um, okay. But <laughs> there have been more than a few times I've ridden a horse and, uh, sometimes you'll, you'll put on spurs, which are like little metal, uh, little like metal rings with, with spikes that go, go by your heel mm. and you'll like actually jab these into the side of the horse, mm. uh, to make a move. 
Mm. And I, so it's almost like this idea of like accountable pushing. It's but make, not, yeah. not to the point where it just hurts. Right, right. I mean, if you're <laughs> hitting this horse in the side with these spurs and it's not doing anything, like there could be something wrong with the horse. But mm. normally the discomfort of the spur going into the side forces the horse to move forward. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, like it, 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 we do have to push people to a point of discomfort Yeah, uh, to get them to move and to act. And I think that might, might be what Paul was alluding to. Like sometimes we have to push people mm. and make them uncomfortable uh, because if they're not uncomfortable, they might not act. And if they're not acting, Man, they're not going to live out the life that Christ has called for them. Yeah, that's good, man. And that can be as simple as asking somebody to join you uh, in a, a service opportunity or yeah. asking a person, uh, when was the last time that they served? It could be as simple as uh, creating an opportunity and inviting people uh, because sometimes like you'll find out uh, as you start to do the work that uh, so many people are wanting to do it, but they just haven't found the the right spaces to plug into. Right. And maybe you're the one to create that space. Right. And I love this quote by uh, Howard Thurman, a great scholar and theologian. He says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because mm-hmm. the, the world, what the world needs is more people who have come, come alive. And I believe that's what the spurring or the pushing that you're talking about is about. It's about yeah. having that life uh, come alive inside you, that passion come alive inside you, and then sharing that with uh, people around you. Yeah, that makes uh, makes me think about our conversation last week where you said, what makes you angry? Like, oh, what yeah. makes you mad? Yeah. Uh, and maybe, like, once you figure it out, what's made you mad. Maybe get some other people mad about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and yo, like it's, it doesn't have to be like something that you addressed, uh, like on a a national or global scale, like the whole message in this podcast, uh, today is to find one person. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. Uh, can you help one person get a job? Can you, uh, help one person find shelter. Can you uh, have, uh, you know, uh, provide the type of kindness that would have somebody smile for the first time in three yeah. months? I mean, can you help someone that, yeah, I mean, just one person find community and not feel lonely anymore? Mm. Uh, can you just be the one person who listens to that one person? Yeah. You know, like yeah. so many people just need someone to listen. Right. It's so good, man. Um, and I think through all of that, just even by drilling it down to just the one and thinking about how you can impact the one takes the pressure off. Yeah. You know, it's It's not the world anymore. Yeah. One person. (laughs) Yeah. And one is an unpopular number, man. It is. No one, no one wants (laughs) to be like, Hey, like we've got one person coming to church. Right. Right. (laughs) Or, um, what did you all do all year? You know, I, I walked with one person. <laughs> right. Right. One seems so we un- grew by one. Yeah. We grew by one. Uh, but 
the the countercultural perspective of that is uh I, I see you got this this parable of the lost sheep and coin um how you know Jesus is talking about you know these persons that were stewarding uh these items would leave the majority uh to search out and find the one thing that was lost because yeah. that one thing had value and when we put them put it in terms of that uh, and knowing that every single person has value, one becomes very significant. Yeah. And I like how you, you mentioned being countercultural and how we're talking about like, you know, one is not an exciting or popular (laughs) number, but in these parables, like, I mean, this lady was looking around for her lost coin in the middle of the night. Yeah. And when she found it, she went and woke up all of her friends and was like, I found this lost Mm. coin. Mm. And I'd be kind of mad if somebody woke me up like over one. Yeah. But just think about this, though. What if one more more person decided not to commit suicide? Yeah. What if one more person had a meal uh, when they were hungry? Mm -hmm. What if one more person had a place to sleep at night because they were living on the street streets? What if one more person uh, or child found a home because they've been in a foster care system? Yeah. What if one more, you know, right. when you think about it in terms of that and you have a lot of people working together, uh, pursuing the one, uh-huh. you can make a world of difference. Yeah. And even in uh, that chapter of scripture, Luke 15, like it starts with the 99 sheep, but then it goes down to the 10 coins. Yeah. And then it's just the story of the two brothers and yeah. the, the father and it narrows it down to where it is. It's all about that one. And I think the main reason why the one should matter to us is because the one matters to the one. Mm. Say that again, bro. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Tweet that. Tweet that. No, but the the reason the one should matter to us is because the one matters to the one. And by by one, I don't only mean like God, um, but to the person themselves. Like, Mm. they, they, they think they matter. Yeah. Or they should think they matter. Or they're longing yeah. to be affirmed right. they want and reminded mm-hmm. that they matter. Um, that their existence is for not. Um, not for not. Right. Yeah. Uh, that their existence actually matters. It matters that they are breathing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when we talk about finding the one to impact... Uh, you know, like we said, it might seem small or even insignificant, but it, I, w- I bet if you ask that person who you impacted, yeah, I mean, the impact you had on their life wasn't insignificant to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. And in closing, man, I, I would just push you to even think about how you were once the one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in some ways I still am. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we're we're always on this journey of being seen ourselves and being the one, sometimes the one that needs encouragement, sometimes the one that needs to be reminded that we are worth it, sometimes the one that needs to be reminded that we still have a purpose, Mm -hmm. that it's not too late. Um, And if you wrestle with that tension in a good and healthy way, uh, it should humble you. Yeah. And remind your and, and remind you uh, that not only are other people needing to hear it, but you too 
yeah. have needed it and will need it. Right. Yeah. You've, you've not arrived at this place of self-sufficiency. <laughs> right. No matter what it may look like, you still need others in some way. Yeah. You know, nobody gets through life alone. Yeah. And we're always in need of, of someone sometime, somewhere, you know? Yeah, man. That's good, man. In closing, what would you tell our listeners as we close out season one? Season one. Uh, man, I think this is the perfect season. Uh, we just use those same words so much. But <laughs> the holiday season is the perfect time to oh, yeah. find the one. Like Find the one. We yeah. have so much time off during the season, and I think it, it may feel busy, yeah. but it's not really as busy as it feels. And we do have time to just look for the one. Yeah, that's good. And if you are, my, my, uh, I guess my encouragement would be if you feel like you're the one that needs encouragement, don't shy away from community. Yeah. Um, don't pull away. Don't isolate yourself. It's also a season where people, um, kind of forget that they matter. Uh, people, wrestle with seasonal depression and so many other, uh, you know, just hard things. And so I want to encourage you that if you're listening to this and you need to be reminded that you're the one, uh, that pursue community, yeah. um, open up, you know, do something different in the routine that helps you to remind yourself that, uh, God loves you. God is, uh, cares about you. Um, and God is for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So this is the last episode of the year, like we've said. Yeah. Um, we hope you liked this season so far. Yeah. Um, we hope it spoke to you in some way. I liked it. Uh, yeah. I think it's been beneficial for me. Yeah. But if you did, uh, now is a perfect time to subscribe because I know next year, next season is going to be even bigger than, than this one. Mm. I hope we'll have some pretty cool guests on. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, uh, subscribe, leave a review, share it with friends. Uh, Terrence, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on social media at I'm Terrence Lester. That's I-N-T-E-R-E-N-C-E-L-E-S-T-E-R. Um, I lead an organization called Love Beyond Walls. Uh, both of those handles are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also, we started a museum called Dignity Museum. You should check it out. And if you want to learn more about Love Beyond Walls, visit lovebeyondwalls.org. And I... What about you, man? Yep, I am... You can find me on all social media at johnnytaylor95. That is J-O-H-N-N-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R-9-5. And we want to thank you so much. If you've listened this far, uh, we hope you have a great time of community with your family and friends over the holidays yep and we will see you next year 2020 2020 new season new things a bunch of big stuff this year yeah a lot of big stuff coming all right all righty all right